You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for... Here we go, here we go, here we go. Kickoff. With Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. Presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's. Lowe's knows home improvement. Holiday week, doesn't matter. We're giving you the same amount of content. We're ready to roll. Boomer, happy Thanksgiving. How are you? I'm doing great, Mike. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. And uh, yesterday was an unbelievably bad slate of games. I mean, I know that the Packers and Lions were some uh, what competitive, especially late. But the other two games, the Cowboys wiped out the Washington Commanders. And, of course, San Francisco, my pick for the NFC, entered into the Super Bowl, uh, did not disappoint me. And Brock Purdy still playing great, even though he did have an interception. But I would just say that two out of the three games yesterday were just stinkers. Yeah, they are. We're going to go through the entire Turkey Day recap. I want to go backwards before we go forwards, though. With that, let's get to the rundown. The NFL Rundown. So here's what we're going to do, people. I'm going to ask Boomer the same question every week until the Super Bowl, or I get an answer. Then we're going to hit the Monday night game, and then we're going to go Turkey Day. So, Boomer, more reports. More reports on the news you broke, the news that you birthed to the world. <laughs> Bill Belichick, I, he's gone. He, he, there's going to be a bidding war. You can trade for him. America demands the answer. If you had to pick a place he goes and it's not New England, where is it? Well, I would say maybe the Chargers. I saw that report this this coming week. You know, that's the built-in uh, winning franchise in terms of their roster and their quarterback. I'm, I'm sure yep. that Bill Belichick has had enough over the last four years of dealing uh, with a quarterback that is not named Tom Brady, and you can see how that has been working out. So I would say that the Chargers would be a nice place for him. I would think that the Washington Commanders will be in the uh, – will be looking for a new coach as well. And there's going to be a few other places uh, that I think uh, would probably interest him if, in fact, he does leave. But I have to tell you, I, talk, I, st- I spoke with Bill Cowher – uh, on Thanksgiving at CBS and said, Coach, do you really think Bill Belichick is going to be standing on the sideline for the Patriots next year? And Coach looked at me and he says, absolutely. And I said, why do you say that? And he said, because he deserves to be standing on that Patriots sideline. And I said, yeah, but what happens if he wants to leave? He goes, I don't think he wants to leave. I think he wants oh. to stay there. That's what Coach Cowher said. But, again, that's his opinion. It was an interesting conversation that we had yesterday. But I would say – if Bill Belichick and Bob Kraft came to a meeting of the minds, would I be surprised that he would be somewhere else, which is what I said about five or six weeks ago right here. I would right. not be surprised, and I would actually expect it. And that and that's where more reports, more smoke. I, ha- I have to keep bringing it up. All right, Monday night. Then we'll go Turkey Day and the rest of the, the league. What is more 
is was it more the Eagles winning that game or more the Chiefs losing it with uh, eight million drops? Yeah, I know you have an answer and you just gave it to me. Um, <laughs> it's the Chiefs losing without question. And you know yeah. you have this awesome quarterback and you have a very pedestrian wide receiving core that he's playing with and a Travis Kelsey who I don't care what anybody says is distracted. The last three games speak to it. And you look at his numbers, they've gone down significantly. He fumbles a ball in the red zone. He drops a pass that would have been a first down in the red zone. Uh, He's distracted. Uh, He knows it. We know it. Everybody else out there knows it. And even the Swifties now know it. So if you ask me, it was the Chiefs losing that game. Um, You know, if, if, listen, Patrick Mahomes is out there. I feel like on an island. Uh, And I think that Andy Reid has got to do something to re-energize this team, refocus this team, and nothing better to do that and play a game against the Raiders this weekend. Yeah, I mean, the drops are incredible. And I mean, I love that Mahomes, you know, he doesn't throw his receivers under the bus. He's all class. I just, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Your point about Kelsey, though, people don't have to like it. But I, I think it, you're spot on. You see a guy, if the numbers don't change, if your level of play doesn't change, None of us in the media have a right to say a thing about your personal life. But when you're hopping on planes to Argentina or wherever the hell you're going on a Tuesday afternoon and you're constantly out there and you see this corollary right to your numbers being in the tank, yeah, it's a problem. I, I'm i thrilled. I, I hesitated to bring it up. I thought you'd think I was being ridiculous, but I'm like, I, I just feel like, where is this guy? Because he ain't here. Well, the other thing, too, is he is openly talking about uh, retirement, which is crazy. Um, and the other thing, too, about him, and I really like him. I think he's great at everything he does. Love him on SNL. Love him in all of his commercials. Uh, Mr. Pfizer, the whole thing. I, you know, I love the whole thing. Uh, and the, the, the podcast between he and his brother are great. I, I just think all of that stuff is fantastic. But it's production and tolerance. You can tolerate, uh, you, know, uh, a, you know, you can't tolerate a lack of production. You know, if you're producing like you just said, then your tolerance is going to go up and, you know, you'll deal with all the other stuff away from the game. But we all know, for those of us who played it and coaches who have coached it, what do we all try to limit in our lives? Distractions. And nobody's living a bigger distraction than Travis Kelsey, right. who flew down to Buenos Aires to go see a Taylor Swift concert. So uh, the, the production on the field is starting to show that. That's why there's questions about it. Let's go Thanksgiving Day. We'll start with the Lions. Six turnovers the last two games, 10 in the last five. Are they going through a little lull, or are you seeing real cracks here with the Lions? Well, their defense, the pass defense is terrible, um, and it has been. Um, I didn't. I thought they would win the game against the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love played great. I don't think Jared Goff had a great game. I don't think that Dan Campbell had a great game, and this is now seven straight losses on Thanksgiving for the Lions, which is crazy when you think about it because they're all home games. And you would have thought that this year, with the way that they were playing, the way that the fans now have legitimate expectations out there, that they would have put forth a much better effort. But I, I worry about their defense. This is why you know, they have a two-game lead now on Minnesota. They still have to play Minnesota twice. They have to have a home game. If they go on the road in the playoffs, if they have to settle for a wild card, if Minnesota overtakes them, uh, then I think they got real problems. This is why I thought a deep playoff run would be a divisional round matchup for them after winning wild card weekend. Yep, yep. Uh, and, and again, I mean, that's always been the goal. Look, when you've won one playoff game since 1957, let, let's let's keep the, the lid on expectation. I've told people, just w- win the division, win a playoff game. Uh, my issue, you're right, pass defense not great. It's their, pa- their pass rush is terrible. 
It's terrible. Well, I thought they and had Aiden Hutchinson. I thought he was like the next Don't coming go to, to me J- with J.J. that. Watt. I, what, what no, 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 no. Don't. No, you can miss me with that. Don't right, bring okay. that to my doorstep. Okay. No, I, 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 now, now, you and I have had this conversation. He gets more false hype than anybody. Now, I understand. Pressures, pressures. You know what? Newsflash. Once in a while, you got to get home. You have to get the result. And yes, does he need help? Sure, they need more on their number two overall pick. Well, they they, they should have. They, that's right, they do. But they should have either traded for Montez Sweat or for Chase Young. Agreed, mostly. totally. And they didn't. And now they're ru- uh, ruining the roost. I guess is that the way that you would say that? I'll go with it. I'll okay, allow it. Sounds it. good. Sounds uh, re- right. Real quick, Packers. Lafleur says it's night and day with Jordan Love. Has Love begun to figure it out? Yeah, about five weeks ago. You remember there were still question marks about him, and even Brian Gutenkus, their general manager, came out and said, well, you know, we're not really sure yet. And I think they were putting internal pressure on the kid. That's what I think. And yeah. quite frankly, uh, I can't take away the fact that the last three games, he looks like he has figured it out. I don't. He's not figured it out to the tune of Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, no. but he certainly looks better, looks more confident. Remember, he got off to a great start this year. And everybody thought this, okay, we got the right quarterback. The, the Packers did the right thing. And then he hit a swoon where all of a sudden he kind of lost it. And now he's got it back again. And, and who knows? Maybe he has the ability to take them to the playoffs. If he does, it will be one of the great comeback stories within a season I think any quarterback's ever had. Cowboys, they made history. 5-0 and at home. All five wins by more than 20 points. Oh. Demolished the commanders. But here's my question. You look at it now and you go, wait a minute, who have they beaten? The answer is they haven't beaten a team with a winning record. Where are you at with the Cowboys here? Well, they need to win uh, at home. They need to have a home playoff game. They need to win the division. They still have uh, to play the uh, Seahawks next week at home, and then in come the Eagles. The Eagles will be playing, of course, the Bills this weekend. Then they have the 49ers at home, and then they have to go to Dallas. That's That's a good chance that that game could be for the NFC East division lead. You know, the Eagles have been sailing along here. They're 9-1. and one. They look great. They look unbeatable. They should have lost Monday night, as we talked about earlier, to the Chiefs, and Chiefs dropped a touchdown pass that would have given them the lead late in the game. Yeah. But, should have lost to the Cowboys too, Boomer. Right, I know. And the thing, the thing I will say is that Jalen Hurts has been very honest. He goes, you know, we still have not played our very best game, and they haven't. They've been kind of choppy offensively. I still worry about their secondary. It's going to be really interesting – to see what Josh Allen can do this week against this Eagle secondary. And maybe the Cowboys, just maybe, could be playing for the NFC East lead in a couple weeks. Uh, San Francisco, it's simple. You've been a believer since the beginning. You know, the three losses in a row, the injuries mounted. I started to question it a little bit. Boy, the last two weeks, they look like an absolute monolith. If, if right here, right now, is, is that the best team in the NFC? To me, it is. And uh, yeah. I, I'll tell you, Christian McCaffrey would uh, get my vote for MVP maybe even right now. Uh, just because of the way he plays, all the different things he does. I mean, he looks like he's shot out of a cannon. I mean, his performance against Seattle uh, on Thanksgiving was was brilliant. It was great. It was tough. It was mean. Like, that that team is under center, off tackle runs. That's what they do on offense. And then comes all the gimmicks. And I want to say gimmicks. The play design, which is what I love most about what they do and how Brock Purdy is able to process defenses and get rid of the ball very quickly. And he'll also – now be in the MVP uh, you know, uh, conversation as we get closer here to the end of the season. They have a huge game, obviously, in a couple weeks at the Eagles, and we'll find out just how good they are in that environment where they couldn't win last year in the, uh, in the, in the playoffs. All right, there are a couple of reports you can 
you can bag them if, if you think they're garbage or you can tell me they're they're on. I was very surprised at the first one. Reports Sunday, Frank Reich on the hottest seat in the league. He's a year one coach with a rookie QB. It's been a disaster, but how much stock do you put in that? Is Frank in trouble in Carolina? Well, I put stock in all of these coaches that, you know, are on hot seats, and Frank knows that. Um, he's got a uh, an impatient owner who wants to win, and the one thing about owners, they can see – uh, empty seats, uh, especially down there because they're light blue. And if you see a lot of light blue, that means there's a lot of people that aren't showing up. And if they're not showing up, that means the business side of the business is say, uh, to, of the team is saying to the owner, hey, look, man, we got to do something here. And usually the head coach's scalp is the one that goes first. So uh, much like Brandon Staley, uh, much like some of these other coaches, Ron Rivera, that are sitting on these seats, I would say Frank probably feels the heat as well. So that's why – they need to win this week, and and Bryce Young has got to finish strong here, and if he finishes strong, then then I would think that they'll give Frank another year. If not, and this thing falls flat, then I would think that he may be looking for another job. Good Lord. I mean, well, at some point, somebody better alert Bryce Young. It might be time to play a little bit. He is awful. Um, all right, Rodgers, all over the New York papers. i got to ask about it. Now the reports are his comeback attempt is not tied to the Jets' record. Do you buy that he is doing this regardless because he wants to prove he's a spaceman and can come back like nobody else could? Is that is that really what's happening here? We're going to see Aaron Rodgers? I, that, that, that's what it feels like. I mean, it makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, for me, uh, um, you know, nobody's ever come back faster than five months. And the guy that uh, actually did come back within five months was 22 years old, and that was Cam Akers. Yeah. Um, you, we see now uh, uh, Kirk Cousins walking around with a boot on, and he's on crutches. We never saw that from Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if he was trying to hide that from everybody, but he's pushing it. I think if he comes back this year, I'm going to say it right here, right now. I think it's a selfish thing that he would do, and I think it's. A, I think agree. It's, personally, I think it's a joke, and uh, I think he needs to be here next year. The Jets won all in for him. Unfortunately, he did not. It did not pay dividends for him. I do not want to see him playing in December against teams like Cleveland that will tear his head off especially with this offensive line. So I would I would look forward to next year. I think all of this is garbage. Uh, real quick, why did and I'm not being smarmy. Please don't take it this way. Why did the Jets just not release Zach Wilson? What 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 is what is going on here? Like are, you are, can't put him out there. Yeah, again. I know. Are you, are you a fisherman? No. No. Well, you know, I, I I fished a little bit in my life. I'm not a, a hardcore fisherman and you're probably wondering why am I going down this road? I'm intrigued. Well, I I believe in compassionate release. You know, I believe that there you it catch is. a fish, look at this fish, take a picture with it, and then throw it back unless you're going to eat it, unless you're going to eat it. If you're not going to eat it, then throw it back. You know, and so my life doesn't depend on, you know, me catching a big fish. I like the fish to live in the environment and in, in nature, and that's the kind of guy I am. I would have thrown back Zach Wilson via compassionate release because I've never seen it so ugly so quickly and so long. Actually, it started when he was a rookie, and it's still going to this very day. I would have gotten him out of the building. Okay. I mean, by the way, I mean, look, I'm all for a good haha. Did we really need to see the networks show this kid tripping over his dingling and falling on his ass in the game? I mean, like, how much is enough? <laughs> I mean, I, you just get to a point, Boomer. Like, I, all right, I get it. He's bad at football. Like, enough is enough. This guy's a human pinata. I, I think they not only were taking a shot at him, I think they were taking a shot at the Jets overall. Like the Jets have moments like this. I, I was a part of a moment like that. It was called the spike game when Dan Marino beat us at the end and came back all the way from like a 17 or 20-point deficit, whatever it was. 
So I think this is like the network's feeding into the jet narrative, if you will. And it was sad. I felt bad for the kid. I, I did, too. It's just it, you, you get like, all right, enough's enough. Look, I've got plenty more stuff. Um, we're going to get to picks. I've added a couple things in here because we had the Thanksgiving stuff. We have the Black Friday game. Got a couple of totals, the highest of the high and the lowest of the low. I'll explain the rules. So there's going to be vetoes, but if you veto, Boomer, you got to pick a total. So we got to swap them in for the sanctity of the records. I got so it. We're going to get in. We're I got get into it. That. Don't you worry about it. I know. I got you. And then later on, uh, we are going to take some of the less fortunate fan bases and find out what exactly do you have to be thankful for. But first, let me tell you about Casamigos, the smoothest tequila on the planet. Enjoy the entire family of Casamigos tequilas: the Reposado, Añejo, the Blanco, Cristalino, or the Mezcal. Casamigos Tequila brought to you by those who drink it. And Casamigos Tequila reminds you, as always, to please celebrate responsibly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. All right, so a little bit of a, a change, just because we don't want to shortchange you on content. So here's what we're going to do. Normally, Boomer and I get a veto of two games. You just don't want to pick it. You don't want to be a part of it. You don't want to partake in a madness. Well, because we're down four games, what we're going to do is this. If you use a veto... We have to dip into the bucket of undesirables. I got the lowest total of the week and the highest total of the week. You will have to select one of those. Oh, that's fine. I love that. I love Something the over different. under. That's you know that's, that's my wheelhouse. Just so you know, right. that. I'm like oh, I think fine. I'm over. I think I'm undefeated over unders this year. Oh boy, <laughs> I'm, I'm not taking the bait on this. Okay, let's go. Oh, by <laughs> the way, by the way, by the way, I will tell yeah, you. Buddy. You know, we have uh, we have 12 games left on the schedule for this weekend. Eight games are featuring two teams that are in the playoff hunt, three games that are tankathon bowls between both teams, and then one game featuring one playoff hopeful, that would be Minnesota, and one with its eye on two high draft picks, that would be the Chicago Bears. Correct, on Monday night. So with it, let's go to the picks. Picks of the week. Let's start out, I know it's not premium, but it's a game I'm super interested in watching. Jacksonville laying a point and a half, traveling to Houston. Boomer, take the lead. Well, this is a revenge game for the Texans. Uh, I mean, uh, for the Jags as the Texans beat them in week three, 37-17. Trevor is 1-4 against the Texans in his career. And get this, man. This, I, I could not believe this. It blew me away. This, this is the first time. 
Both teams are over 500 in this game since 2007. It's been 32 games uh, since we've had. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it is unbelievable. And by the way, the winner of this game takes over the AFC South. All right, so saying all that, I'm going to take the Jags. And I'm taking the Jags because Trevor Lawrence has got to grow up. He's got to win a tough game on the road within the division. We all think that he is the next budding superstar. I want to see him go out there and play the way that he did last week. And this is not going to be easy, but he needs to play that way this week. And the Jags defense has got to somehow slow down C.J. Stroud and his plethora of young wide receivers who are basically tearing up the league right now. I mean, tank to, tank to hell. Don't tell me he's undersized anymore. I can't believe what I'm watching with him. But look, this is a play for me. It's, it's, it's about the pass rush, and it's about D'Amico Ryans. And I look at what Houston has versus that Jags O-line. I look at the way Stroud's playing. Uh, may, maybe it's recency bias. I'm taking Houston. This, uh, this, this game's gross. Steelers lay in two. Matt Canada's gone, so everybody got what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Steelers lay in two. They travel to Cincinnati. Hope you're ready for Jake Browning. Wow. Now, you know the last time the Steelers made an in-season coaching change? Do you have any idea? It's probably something like 1975. How about 1941 when Burt Bell quit. basically fired himself two weeks into the season? So this is like historic. Chuck Knoll, 1969. Bill Coward, 1992. Mike Tomlin, 2007. Steelers are a model of consistency. This should be a low-scoring game. Now, Jake Browning's worked very, very hard. I thought he actually played reasonably well in Joe uh, Flack, uh, Joe Flacco, Joe Burrow's stead uh, in Baltimore uh, last week. So I think it's going to be a really low-scoring game. We're going to talk about over-under a little bit later. I'm going to take the Steelers here, and I'll lay the two points. Yeah, I am too. I just I can't back Jake Browning in, a, in his first NFL start. Um, Titans, Panthers, and I'm telling you on principle, this will be a veto. I will subject myself to an over-under before I subject myself to this. Titans laying three and a half. Against the Panthers. Yeah, I'm going to take the Panthers here, and I'm not even going to tell you why. I'm just taking the Panthers. I mean, this is one of these tankathon bowls I was talking about. Although the Panthers don't have a draft pick in the first round, it is owned by the Chicago Bears. They are pulling for the Titans, I can tell you. Yeah, it's a veto for me. If I had to do it, I would take the Titans, but I, I can't. And Bryce Young continues with these horrific interceptions, most of them going back for touchdowns, it seems. Saints laying two on the road in Atlanta. Okay, Derek Carr is going to start for the Saints. He's out of concussion protocol, the concussion he suffered in Week 10. Uh, Again, you know, we talked about this all the way back in Week 1, how I thought the Saints were going to win the NFC South, and the reason they were going to win the NFC South was because they added Derek Carr. Derek Carr has got to show some, you know, stones here in this game on the road at Atlanta. Desmond Ritter is back under center for Atlanta. We know the mistakes that he has been making uh, throughout the year. They're going back to him now. Um, I'm going to go with the Saints and Derek Carr, and this is going to be the last time I pick them if they don't win this game. I'm going to be so ticked off about this offseason free agency, kind of like trying to lure Derek Carr in like he's some difference maker. You want to be a difference maker? Win this game in Atlanta and lead your team to the NFC South uh, crown. I'm waving down the block to you because I got off at the previous bus stop. I I can't. Dennis Allen, Carr, any stats, I don't want to bore the people. As road favorites, it is miserable. I plug my nose, I'll take Atlanta. Colts laying two and a half, hosting Tampa. You know, Tampa Bay still in the playoff reach, and so is uh, so are the Colts. Um, and I think, you know, releasing Shaq Leonard kind of tells you where the Colts are right now. I think that they believe that Zaire Franklin is the leader of that defense, and rightfully so. He's been playing his ass off. Uh, Gardner Minshew is a turnover waiting to happen, but then again, so is uh, Baker Mayfield. 
Man, I like is, the Colts here, Boomer. I know. So do I. So I'm taking the Colts at home over Tampa Bay, and I'll lay the two and a half points. I'm with you. I mean, Tampa was a fun story the first month of the season, but they kind of are who they are. I'm going to take the Colts. Um, this might be the worst game ever played. Patriots laying three and a half at the Giants. You know, another low-scoring game, man. Another low-scoring game. I love this Tommy DeVito story. You got to admit. I mean, don't you like it? I mean, you're Mike Valenti. No. He's Tommy DeVito. No. How do you not no, like it? I don't this? care. Italian or not, I don't care if he's from Mars. <laughs> I needed him to lose that game last week. I just waved goodbye to my Caleb Williams fantasy. Tommy oh, DeVito's man. my mortal enemy right now. What are you kidding me? I mean, as a Giant fan and an Italian, you got to love it. He's giving the old <laughs> Italian signal up into the fans after he throws uh-huh. a touchdown pass. I love this kid. He gives me energy. I'm taking the Giants. <laughs> I hate, I hate everything. If they, if they, if they do, oh God, please stop winning games, please. I, I would take the, I would take. It, let me know if you had Bailey Zappi versus Tommy DeVito on your your Woo. bingo board. It's disgusting. Yeah, I would take the Giants. Broncos laying one and a half against my Brownies and that defense. Oh baby. Oh baby is right. I'm taking the Brownies here. I don't think Russell Wilson can handle this defense. Actually, no quarterback has been able to handle this defense. Maybe with a little bit. Actually, I, w- I should say I was going to say Lamar Jackson, but even he didn't play well when the Browns beat them two weeks ago when they beat the Ravens in Baltimore two weeks ago. I'm going with the Browns, man. Defense wins championships as long as DTR doesn't turn it over and does his athletic stuff that, you know, he showed a little bit last week, I think they're a team to be reckoned with. I really do. Yeah, and I'm not going to nerd out, but just take my word for it, guys. The Broncos are the worst tackling team in the league. I know they've turned it around defensively, but the amount of missed tackles, it's remarkable. Uh, I'm going to take the Browns here. I I just – I got to do it. I think that defense, it's not 2,000 Ravens. No one is, but it's damn good. It's really unbelievable. I'll take the Browns. Rams laying two, traveling to Arizona. Well, I'm going to take uh, Kyler Murray. I think he's played reasonably well the last two weeks. Uh, one week he wins the game. Last week he should have won the game, and they didn't. Uh, he showed a little bit of uh, uh, anxiousness late in the game. He had a chance for an easy uh, fourth down conversion and threw it into the ground. So that means he's just not all the way back yet. J.J. Watt told me he's taking it more serious than ever before, and he also wants to make an impression. And I do think Jonathan Gannon, their head coach, has done a good job with them. I mean, I feel like they're in every game, and all of a sudden something happens in the fourth quarter. However, in this game, without Cooper Cup for the Rams, I'm going to take the Cardinals. I'm with you here. I, I, you know, I hope the reports are true. I don't have a reason to doubt him. Maybe Kyler got a wake-up call because his career was headed right off a cliff, and then he got hurt. If you've come back, you recognize your own professional mortality, put down a video game controller, let's pick up a playbook. I want it to work. I don't want I don't want to root against him. I love the story. I love the idea he's four feet tall and he could possibly <laughs> be a great QB. Yeah. Um I, I'm gonna take the Cardinals here. I just it's a little bit of it, it's also kind of an up down theory. You know, the Rams had that win last week. Now you go on the road, short spread to Cardinals spot. Let's go Chiefs laying eight and a half. At Vegas. Part of our doubleheader on CBS 425 game. Uh, the Chiefs have not lost two consecutive games since week weeks two and three back in 2021. They've been 9-0 and after a loss since then. I think they're going to win the game here, but I think Las Vegas should be able to cover. I think Las Vegas is going to try to run the ball. There's no question that Antonio Pierce has had an impact on the Vegas Raiders. We all can see it. Whether or not he holds on to that job after the season's over, that's a whole nother set of circumstances and a discussion for a later time. I don't like where the Chiefs are offensively. I know they're going to win the game. I think it's going to be like a 24-20 to 20 game or something like 27-23, something like that. So I'll take the Raiders and the points. 
Yeah, and Mahomes normally not good at covering spreads, you know, north of a field goal. But I, I, I feel like if there's a get-right spot, if there's a, hey, let's let's prove a point spot. You also have a shot of a defensive touchdown here. I mean, this defense is legit. You're going against Aiden O'Connell. You're going spot with I, me. I you're going like a get-right spot, a revenge spot. I mean, that's what you're going. Well, with? I'm not doing. I'm not doing what your co-host does in the morning, where there's a spot in every game, like yeah. a butcher block spot, <laughs> or throw your, you know, throwing people off cliff spots. Yeah. But no, I just doesn't it feel. I love what Geo does, by the way. I know you. Um, know I, do. I, I just, it's just one of those deals where, like, the, the Chiefs want to feel good. The Chiefs are like, look, we're not this. Oh, it's a feel good spot. I'll, you know what? To hell with it. It's a, it's a smile spot. Okay. I'll eighty eight and a half. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Ravens laying three and a half. They travel to the Chargers. Okay, NBC Sunday Night Football, baby. It is the hardcore Ravens. When I think of a team that is ready to smack you in the mouth and ready to pl- ready to play you tough, I think Ravens. I don't think that when I think of the Chargers. I think the no. Char- I think the Chargers are you know what they are. They're a West Coast high flying, throw the ball first team. It's like the old AFL, and then the defense is you know. On demand, or unless you're playing against the Jets, and then your defense looks like it's supposed to look. Uh, I'm going to take the Ravens here. I'll lay the points, and I'll take the Ravens as the uh, the road favorite. I mean, it, it, look, you can tell the pressure is getting to him. I think he's a dead man walking. I just don't see a way Staley's coaching there next year. At the post game last week, will you stop asking me the question? No, I, how about this? How about you stop calling plays for the worst defense in the league? How about you do that for me? I just can't get there with the Chargers. Well, I have I to tell you, I have to tell you this though. I mean, last week it wasn't the defense; it was the offense dropping passes and missing wide open guys and having balls batted down late in the game that ended up costing them the game. So the narrative that it was the defense that collapsed, I don't buy that for last week's game. No, Keenan Allen dropping a yes. critical third down pass. Quentin Johnson, I loved him in college at TCU. He's been a complete disaster as a rookie, and they needed him when Mike Williams got hurt. It, he needed to step forward. He he dropped what would have been – I hate saying, oh, it would have been a touchdown. Here, it would have been a 50-yard gain even if he tripped over the turf monster. <laughs> it, it's unbelievable. But I, I'm going to take the Ravens. I just – I can't with the Chargers anymore. Vikings, three-point favorites, traveling to Chicago. Yeah, I know. You know, um, Justin Fields is trying to make a statement. You know, he knows what's going on. They all know what's going on in Chicago. Uh, both the GM and the coach may be uh, booted. Uh, and they may end up having to start over with the first overall pick, uh, which could either be the Carolina Panthers or their own. Uh, the Vikings are still playing for something. I love the story of Joshua Dobbs, and I'm going to stick with them. I'm going to take the Vikings. I'll lay the three points at the Bears. I'm with you, and the public's all over the Bears. I'd rather be on the other side. We'll go with Dobbs. All right, so now you got to pick a total. You ready? Yeah. The lowest total of the week, over under, 34 points. Giants, Pats. I'm going to say over. They're going to score like 36 points in this game. Oh, God. And I think it's your man, oh, Danny no. DeVito, your fellow Italian. Paisano. Listen. Let's you, go. You Get have it to, done. Uh, no. No. I mean, energy. I, I can't. You can't. I don't want energy. I want losses. <laughs> I don't. I, I understand they are professionals. I cannot ask them to lose. This is their livelihood. But please, from a fan perspective, Tommy, listen to me if you can hear me. Stop. Just stop. <laughs> please. All right. Total number two. Now, this is, this is choice, and it is our game of the week that we'll get to next segment. Over under 48 and a half, Bills and Eagles. I'm saying over, and the reason I'm saying over is because both quarterbacks are on pace for 4,000 yards, 25 pass TDs, and 10 rush TDs. And just to put this in perspective, 
No quarterback in NFL history has ever had a 4,025-10 season. And Hurts, by the way, he's 23-2 and in his last 25 games. I'd like this game to go over. You know what? I'm with you. I'm going to go. I'm going to do it, too. I just – this is one I don't trust the Eagle defense. Josh Allen should be able to put points up, and we know the Bills with key injuries at every level of their defense. That's not going to turn around anytime soon either. I, you know what? This this could be a huge game for Kincaid, by the way. I love what I'm seeing out of him. Um, all right. Here's the deal. We're going to get to the game of the week, and then we are going to go to the bottom of the barrel for what people have to be thankful for, for their last place teams. All that and more coming up next. It's Boomer and Valenny. Tell them about Casamigos. You got it, Mike. All right, so what goes great with football? It's Casamigos tequila, and we both know that. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it. Please make sure you have plenty on hand for the Week 12 games. So whether it be Añejo, Blanco, Reposado, Cristalino, or even Mezcal, it is Casamigos tequila. And they do remind you, our friends, please, please celebrate responsibly it's kickoff with boomer and valenti all right final segment we've got a hell of a good game to talk about and then in honor of the thanksgiving holiday we are gonna we are gonna help some underserved fan bases on this show i.e your team stinks and don't feel bad mine is one of them but we're gonna find out what we're gonna go to boomer mr positivity for Whatever you have to be thankful for. Always looking forward to the silver lining. That's me. I'm a silver lining guy. It's a silver lining spot. That's what we're going to call this, the silver lining spot when we get to it. I love it. You better get that approved through Geo. Um, All right, let's go best of the best first. This week's best of the best. All right, and the updated line on this for entertainment purposes, Eagles are three-point favorites at home against the Buffalo Bills. Boomer, where do you want to start with this one? Well, you know, I told you in the previous segment, these both, both of these quarterbacks just, they score touchdowns. They, they get their teams into the end zone. It's not like watching the Giants or the Jets or, you know, the, or the, the Patriots or some of these other teams that can't score. Both are on pace, like I said, for 4,000 yards, 25 touchdown passes, and 10 rushing touchdowns. And, you know, they, they just step on the field. They exude confidence. I do think it's going to be a high-scoring game. And I want to take the Bills with the – I wanted it was three and a half on our initial sheet, and I know it's now down to three. Yes. And I think a reason for three. that, because a lot of people are taking the Bills, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, so, like, like, from a football standpoint, like, what is the bet? What's the way forward? You know, the Bills are never going to line up and run the ball. And the Eagles, although Kansas City, I, they were really some unique schemes and pulling their center out, and 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 they they were able to run it against the Eagles. I don't expect the Bills to be able to run it. So, what? How do you approach this if you're the Bills in attacking the Eagles in what is a very vulnerable secondary? I mean, is this the Steph Diggs game? Does Gabe Davis make an appearance? Kincaid seems like he's catching 50 balls a week, but how do you approach it going into it? I say it's a Steph Diggs game, and I also say it's an A.J. Brown game because A.J. Brown really wasn't involved that much in the previous week, and usually what happens is when they're not involved in one week, these wide receivers that are paid – Gobs and gobs of money are complaining internally. So I think this is the wide receiver game. I think that they are better than both secondaries at the wide receiver position for both of these teams. Both of these quarterbacks obviously move around exceptionally well. They make those secondary plays, and those secondary plays usually end up in huge gains, if not touchdowns. So 
I do believe that it's going to be high scoring like we were talking about in the previous segment. I do think that both of these quarterbacks are going to score at least at least 30 points in this game. And I think this yeah. is going to be one of these up and down games. It's going to be a great game. I'm assuming the weather is going to be good for it. I think it looks like it's going to be good for it. So this is going to be one of those desperation games for the Bills. They have to win this game. They cannot lose this game. They cannot lose any more ground uh, in the AFC wild card race. So uh, I, I kind of like the Bills here just simply because uh, I'm getting three points. My fear for the Bills is twofold. A, the turnovers. Goes without saying. You know, I know I'm a broken record, but it's it's the turnovers with Josh Allen, and it's also the line of scrimmage. I just – the Eagles – are going to dominate up front both ways. And over the long haul, that's a bad combo. Um, it's probably square. I'm going to take the Eagles here and lay to three. I just – I have to. I, I don't buy the Bills, Boomer. You're going to take the Bills, well, though? I'm going, to take the, I'm going to take the Bills and the points. I, you know, I think the yeah. Eagles could probably win the game here. I don't know. You know, it's going to be a tight game. But I could it be a 31-30 game, 33-30 game, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, here's the thing. It's either going to be a push or it's going to be, you know, a Bills victory by, by just by the – the extra point that I got because I got three points going into the game. You know, they did change their offensive coordinator to Joe Brady, and there was no question that it looked different, it looked better, and Josh seemed to be a little bit more uh, in tune to what they were trying to do offensively. So uh, for at least one week, the change of offensive coordinator from uh, Ken Dorsey to Joe Brady has worked for the Bills. All right, let's go to the final word. Got something fun for you. Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti, presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's, Lowe's knows home improvement. The final word. So this is exciting. This is this is why Boomer's the yin to my yang. It's simple. In honor of Thanksgiving, Boomer will guide you the fans as we ask, what do you possibly have to be thankful for rooting for these terrible teams? My answers will probably be a little bit different. So let's start out. New England Patriot fans, Boomer, what do they have to be thankful for? All right, clearly you're a negative guy. You're a pessimist. I am the ultimate optimist. (laughs) And the reason I am that way, because when I played in the NFL, I played for the Bengals, the Jets, and the Cardinals. At that time, Steve Young once told me that you played for the Bermuda Triangle of the NFL. So I saw things a little bit differently. It was a little bit tougher position sometimes. So I always had to remain optimistic despite whoever was coaching the team at that point, whoever was playing with the team at that point. So I'm glad that you're asking me to do this for you. Patriots. Okay. What what does that fan base have to be thankful for? Be thankful for the great Bill Belichick and what he has accomplished for you guys over the last 20 years. I hear all these people whining about Bill Belichick and whining about this and Tom Brady did this and Bill Belichick. You know, Bill Belichick put that whole organization on his back. Look at Gillette Stadium. Look at Patriot Place. Look at the billionaire that Robert Kraft has turned into. And look at how many times those guys could cut the line and go right into the restaurant and get the seat whenever they want it because of all the success that they've had under Bill Belichick. So please, please don't ever forget from where you came from and appreciate the people that did that for you as a fan base. That's how I look at it. Well, I'm uh, be thankful you've only got to look at Mac Jones for like six more weeks. Um, all right, Bengals. 
What do you have to be thankful for? You know, the Bengals spent money, and they gave Joe Burrow the contract extension he deserves. The future is remarkably bright for the Bengals. The window is not closed. The window is still open. There will be some changes next year, but the one change that will remain or the one change that will not happen will be the fact that Joe Burrow will remain with your team for the foreseeable future, which gives you a chance in every single game he plays. I actually agree with you. Bengals spending money locking down one of the three or four best QBs in the league. He's yours for a decade. Yes, that's that's a win. It's a one-year blip. Titan fans. Wow. Uh, changes are on the horizon. <laughs> there's, there's a future. I don't know what that future entails, but it's not going to be what we're watching right now. Mike Vrabel is not this coach. He's not that kind of coach. He's, he, he's, he's dealing with a mess right now at quarterback. So I would just tell you that changes are coming. Where they start and where they end up, I don't know. Could it be Kirk Cousins playing quarterback for the Titans next year? Could it be Kirk Cousins playing quarterback for the New England Patriots next year with Bill Belichick, his coach? Kirk Cousins is most likely going to be on the move, and maybe one of these teams looked to him as a two-year stopgap for somebody that they draft this year. And I'll just tell you, I, I always stick to this. This is why I, I refuse to ever endorse taking a quarterback anywhere other than high in the first round. This invariably is what happens. Oh, we took Will Levis. Yeah, that's great. We're terrible, and now we're replacing Will Levis. Oh, we took this kid in the third round, yet nobody cares. A year later, you've thrown him into a wood chipper. Uh, Chargers. All right, I'd like to remind you that I was drafted in the second round, too. Just, just so, Yeah, but that you know, was, that was 30 years ago. Boomer, that was 40 years ago. I'm saying now. It's a little different now. And by the way, in my mind, I was a top five pick anyway, so it doesn't matter. Hey, by we the all way, know we've heard about the elevator ride at the Marriott. Okay. We've all heard. <laughs> all right, the Chargers, Justin Herbert, just like the Bengals. He's going to be there for a long time. Uh, if they don't make the playoffs, this is what I'm saying. If they don't make the playoffs, they'll have a new coach. It's easy for us to say that. We don't live it every day. We're not there every day. But it seems uh, like a fait accompli if that if they don't make the playoffs, a new coach will be manning the sidelines. But the good news is he will inherit Justin Herbert, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You're nearing the end of having to deal with Brandon Staley, and you have the best uniforms maybe ever designed, the best gear and apparel of any fan base. That's all. Oh, and you and you live in L.A., so you always see the sun. Giants fans, I can't wait for, for our producer Brian Rascona to join me for this. You tell me what we have to be thankful for, please. All right, Dexter Lawrence, Andrew Thomas, and maybe Deontay Banks, and maybe Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau has done something uh, in his career that only four other pass rushers have done. Now, he plays a lot more than a lot of these other guys, um, and I'm not really sure exactly what he is just yet, but I will say that the last few weeks he's played a lot better. Um, as far as your quarterback situation, uh, that is going to be left up in the air, and if they continue to lose, what you have to look forward to is the 24 draft then why don't you tell sylvester stallone at quarterback to not do what he did last week he went sly rambo four i mean what are we doing uh, sc scones what do you got to be thankful for as a giants fan you want to hit me with this i will you know what i'm thankful for and you guys might roll your eyes when i say this but as we were just talking about it i'm just gonna say it i'm thankful for the fact that it looks like mara is gonna stick with this regime in shane and dayball and see it through some stability i think is what this organization has needed for at least the last 10 years and also from a player standpoint micah mcfadden's flown under the radar all year and he's been one of the most consistent players on defense here's a guy that got denied going to boston 
college, went to Indiana, worked his way through all the way up through the practice squad, and now he's starting with the defense Man. on the Giants. And right. he's been enough playing well. Enough, enough. I mean, that's Woo! ridiculous. I mean, you've... By the way, that's you a very go. mature. That's a very mature take. Not usually what I'm dealing with in New York around these times. You know that, right? I'm going to tell you, uh, Scones. The sun came out while you were. But there you go. That's tremendous. what I'm optimistic and happy All and right. thankful. I, you know, I'm thankful. All that right. Stability is the key word there, and I love Gotta the fact that you use that. So thank you. Appreciate uh, that. Bears. Here's what you're thankful for: draft capital. 100. percent You and I are in the both, uh, and I think everybody else that is a Bear fan knows that they are looking at these quarterbacks, Drake May and Caleb Williams and Michael Penix and Bo Nix. You know, they want to figure out who is going to be their next quarterback. The, inter- the interesting thing is going to be to see whether or not GM and coach stay there after this season is over. Panthers. Uh, at, the, at the moment, not very much. No, no, no. Silver lining spot. Come I know, on. I, I know I said not very much at the moment, but the silver lining and the hope would be that we're going to see Bryce Young mature over the last six or seven weeks of the regular season and and give us a glimpse of some hope going into 2024. Um, at least you live in Charlotte. You could be from Buffalo. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what to tell you. You have a big drum. I really don't know what to tell you. Uh, you're on your own if you're in – oh, and by the way, you've traded away your entire future for a four-foot-tall quarterback. I uh, I got nothing for you. Cardinals. Well, speaking of four-foot-tall quarterbacks, you mentioned him earlier. That's Kyler Murray. This one can play a little bit. Well, Come on. Yeah, he, he's an athlete is what he is, and he, he drives uh, opposing uh, defenses crazy. But really, when I when I finally look at this, I think that they have their GM and their coach for the yes. foreseeable future. So, to me – Jonathan Gannon, much like Shane Steichen in Indianapolis, have taken what they learned when they were in Philadelphia as the coordinators and now have attributed that or at least applied that to their respective teams. So I like Jonathan Gannon as the head coach right now. All right, minute or less, I got to ask. Jet fan. Yeah. I mean, this is a mess. I guess you got to look forward to Aaron Rodgers coming back next year. I mean, yes, because my dreams involve a forty-year-old quarterback on a blown Achilles. I know, but you know, it's like it's we are living through deja vu. This is the same thing that happened last year, and the the weird thing is, is that Mike White was in the building on Friday watching Tim Boyle start a game for the Jets. Think about that for a second. Good God, that's. Depressing. All right, on that. So, silver linings boomer leaves us with that, with that sad note. We we will recap it all. We will be back next week. Do it all over again. I'm in town next week. It's gonna be very exciting. Thank you for listening, Boomer. Enjoy your week, people. We'll talk to you next week. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti.